thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I have homosexuals who I hit up for advice for numbers, but these are gold star gays and not in the never touched a vagina sense. You know what I mean? In the like saw divas live as it aired. Since. <laughs> I want you to know that this episode is about jagged little pills. That was really bad. You were trying not to corner yourself as the singer on this podcast. Do you really want to be the songstress of Like a Virgin? Today, we'll be taking a look back at Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill because this is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. Here to talk about Jagged Little Pill with us is showgirl, high priestess, emphasis on high, um, <laughs> drag artist, and my good Judy, Charlene Incarnate. I will say, you know, Rose, before we have to get into Jagged Little Pill, should we go to the Nile? Yes, let's take a trip down the Nile. But will there be enough champagne? Yes, I actually brought enough champagne to fill the Nile. I have to say, I'm kind of um, a Gal Gadot stan now. No, girl. We are going to put you into 
GGA, Gal Gadot, Aholics Anonymous. <laughs> Wait, so this weekend, Fran and I saw Death on the Nile um, mm-hmm. with our friend Lala. And as we were walking out, we were, you know, doing that thing where you leave a movie and everyone's like starting to say what they okay, thought wait, about wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I have, okay. I just have to say, like, I experienced this movie being like, this must be one of the worst movies I've seen in a minute. And, and, surely, that, and that is and that is sort of the vibe you and yeah. Lala started to yeah, give yeah, off yeah. as we were leaving. And I said, <laughs> I loved it. And y'all, I thought you were going to not give me a ride home because of that. Our experiences of that movie were dramatically different. Let's say and, that. And yet I was sitting next to you the whole time laughing. Well, because at- I was, I was, you know, making some commentary <laughs> throughout the film. Like when, when spoiler alert, Gal Gadot is killed. I said, Army Hammer is going to go fire <sighs> up the grill. Oh, God. Like very quickly, we have to just kind of like, you know. Uh, top, top line, line the plot. Yeah, yeah. So okay. for me, basically, Gal Gadot, you know, is a wealthy billionaire with a colonialist hobby for, like, you know, exploring Egypt. And she and her mail-order bride, Army Hammer, decide to, you know, invite, like, I don't okay, know. Okay, but you, you didn't, you actually buried the, um, a very important part, which is that... Army Hammer, who marries Gal Gadot. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you not trust me at all? Do you not trust me? I don't trust you literally at all. (laughs) That is rich coming from someone who threatens to kill me almost every podcast. Yeah, and you know what? I would get away with it. And let me (laughs) because Pierrot is not coming to save you. No, you would not get away with it because at the end of an Agatha Christie novel, the person who is most obviously the killer is the killer. And, and you they, would be and there, and there are hours of of <laughs> audio recordings of me threatening to kill you. Yes, so. there are. So anyways, they invite, you know, a few dozen of their like most mortal enemies to their wedding. And of course, their wedding takes place on Zenile. Um and there's like this kind of like ex-best friend played by an actress who I really love, but only refer to her as Baby Margot Robbie, um, keeps showing up at everywhere they go and just, like, staring at them. And so Army Hammer and Gal Gadot put out a call to find what is basically, like, the detective with the most absurdist steampunk mustache they could possibly find. And this detective accuses literally every single character of murder until he gets it right on the last try. Five people die, and he outs two lesbians. Three people die. Um, <laughs> he does out two lesbians. Against I their was will. Really forcibly against outing their will. them. <laughs> and I did think that at the end of the movie, when they all like get off the boat, that he was going to be like, uh, by the way, the police are here to arrest you for being <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> so, okay, top line, I loved it. I had a great time. I... As I tried to explain to Fran, you know, this is not a thriller mystery with modern sensibilities. This is an Agatha Christie whodunit. And the movies specifically are very much made for a kind of boomer sensibility. Right. People who are familiar with Agatha Christie novels and want to see a very faithful, lush adaptation of them. And I guess... 
I'm a boomer because yeah, I really girl. enjoyed it. Well, that's not that's not news to anybody. I really feel like... That I'm a boomer? Yeah, you're a boomer. You literally are. No offense. Rose, the movie delivered on what I signed up for during a completely displaced kind of almost sex scene between Army Hammer and Gal Gadot that takes place on an Egyptian ruin because the Egyptian oh, ruins... Oh, yeah, ma- that, w- that was great. The Egyptian ruins make them so horny. They literally cannot control themselves around all of these dead, like, mummies. And Gal Gadot, like, backs up on it him. backs up as if she's, like, she's, like, do me doggy style <laughs> like, on these in pyramids. The literally, and, and that's not an exaggeration. And, and Gal is so, it is so poorly blocked. They did maybe two takes, and they were like, yeah, we got it. That looked, that was great, uh, Just guys. imagine Kenneth Branagh <laughs> directing that. Also, A Fran, man I had never Fran, heard of. Fran did not know who Kenneth Branagh was. I have talked about Kenneth Branagh to a few other people, and they didn't know who he was either. So I think that you're just exactly the demographic for Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I'm a boomer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. When I sign when I sign up for a mystery, you would think that there would be, you know, twists, turns, red herrings, clues dropped along the way, like scandalous like reveals and moments where you're like, oh my God. And there were like Three of those, like there, yeah, it doesn't really do that. There no There's twists, not a lot no of turns. The the miss the clues are not really telegraphed to the audience, and also, yeah. like, let's say, spoiler alert, the people who end up being the killers are like m- mostly it's it's like the most obvious choice for who done it. And Rose can vouch for me. The first clue dropped, literally the very first clue, with that is in my opinion, telegraphed to the audience, I turned to Rose and I said, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. And Rose goes, well, and she was right. Like, it would be way too obvious. And I was kind of like, yeah, it would be too obvious. And that's yeah, exactly I guess you, what you, happened. You, Fran, are, you are the Hercule Poirot <laughs> of our time. <laughs> okay, well, let me just grow out a, a super steampunk mustache. I will say I enjoyed all of the performances in this film, with the exception of Russell Brands, which I thought was very flat. And then also there's a character named I thought Book even Gal very, was kind of fun. I thought Gal was so fun. I, I thought she was almost perfectly cast. Like, I think casting someone who's gorgeous and kind of bad at acting is, like, perfect for a mystery. Yeah, and alt Margot Robbie was good. Yeah, she was, she was um, stunning. I, I felt like, you know, that was there was nothing wrong with, like, necessarily the cast. I thought all the performances were good. I just thought it was... A, a really poorly constructed movie that was completely like it was virtually joyless. Like, well, I was very, I was filled with joy watching it, especially because of Gal Gadot's livery of and enough champagne to fill the Nile, right? Which was as satisfying as I thought it would be. Well, when we walked out of this movie, I was just stunned because I was like, I was like, we just watched a two hour like movie that was so so bad and the only reason we saw it was for one single tweet <laughs> literally i had no plans of seeing this film zero plan and i saw the video of people reacting to that line on twitter last week and was like we have to go we have to go which we did decide as we were watching drag race last week which i am still so confused by this week's episode of Drag Race. Okay, why? I don't understand what the judges were thinking in their choices of the tops and bottoms mm. and the winner. So 
I mean, if you don't watch Drag Race this week, it was it was an unconventional materials challenge. design challenge. Yeah, yeah. And the looks were mostly bad. And one of the worst ones was the one that won. Why? The look that Georges made. How? It's extremely obvious that this is like a tool of production and that they're trying to like stoke tensions between the queens by making them jealous and confused. It's like literally psychological warfare and they are clearly not picking the winner so that they can just stir the pot. But this is drastic even for Drag Race because George's look is so Because literally, look at the material. Yes, exactly. Like, look at the material. I would feel differently if it was just one, but they gave positive critiques to like two or three of like the worst looks ever. I don't understand what the judges see in Deja. I don't either. That was, She was wearing... Curtains, and mama. all of her runways have been totally lackluster. And she's a seamstress. And all of the looks that she she's always saying, I made this. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have and, because it's ugly. And she is one of the most, like, she's kind of one of the most, like, entitled and, like, she's really, like, grumpy about a lot of things. And, like, she, but she's an amazing lip syncer. And I think that we were totally robbed of the experience of Georges and Deja lip syncing to Sugar Mama that would have been unreal that would have been unreal and it would have been yeah, so but, great but Maddie Maddie had to be in the bottom no I I mean and she had to go I act, her time was up I disagree if I was in production I would have been like let's keep Maddie another week because she's good for TV let's send Deja home and they're gonna have an, a, a dope ass lip sync to Sugar Mama like that would have been incredible like and I wanna see Georgia's lip sync like Five more times. And so does Rue. Like, she keeps saying it, you know? Yeah, I do think, I do just think that, like, the narrative of Maddie, like, they probably felt like they had gotten everything they could out of it. Because, like, even though there was, like, a lot of hubbub at the beginning of the season about her, like, it didn't really continue. There wasn't a lot of drama around her being straight. And, like... You know, she had a fight with Jasmine in Untucked this week. And so I think, like, they'd gotten all the mileage they could out of her storyline. Yeah. But I do think, like, I'm just so mystified because I really felt like a lot of the girls who were safe should have been in the top, especially Willow. I think yeah. she should have won. Her look was the best. I thought Willow or Angeria should have won. Angeria. Yeah, Angeria. Willow and Angeria so right good. now are definitely my front runners. Like, I think they will be in the top three. Unless I am worried that the screen time we're seeing around how, like, exhausted Willow is. Like, I wonder if that's threading a plot line that will, like, pay off, in quotation marks, with her, like, having to leave the competition. Which would be horrible. No, Willow, that would never happen. But, you know, Drag Race is, like, they're so heavy-handed with the editing that that's my immediate fear. But I do think she can and should go all the way to the end. I agree. I think that you and I are both rooting for Willow to win, to be honest. I mean, Angeria's worthy of the win, but, like, Willow's story in the win is, like, so good. And I do think that what Willow does is more singular, you know? Angeria has an excellency in the kind of pageant queenness that she is, but we've never seen a queen like Willow before. Yeah, Angeria will be great on All Stars. Yeah, exactly. Seven or whatever number we're at now. Anyways, are you listening to the the new Kim Petras album? 
I have listened to Slut Pop. Dare um, I ask your thoughts? Yeah, it's fun. You know, I don't think it's anything like groundbreaking. It's also what, like, fifteen minutes long. I like the vibe of it because I like that it's like this dirty Berlin like house that is obviously reminiscent of the of her Halloween album, which is obviously her best album. No skips, point blank period. But like, I think this album is like. I mean, I think the first two songs, which I consider basically one song, are, like, nice. I think, not that Kim Petras has ever been a master of lyrics, but, like, the fact that every song is kind of this, like, gay idiot culture algorithm generated kind of, like, slut anthem. Yeah, it's like she, she like, went and took a bunch of tweets and put them, set them to music. Yeah, and I... I I know it's very aware of itself. Like, Kim is playing a cartoon. She knows exactly what she's doing. Like, I I see the character. I just, I, I wondered, like, to what end this, this, like, kind of music continues on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I see a point of view, and I think it's really funny, and there are certainly some kind of, like, meme bops. Like, I don't know if you saw that um, TikTok of, like, Kirby from, like, Nintendo, like, sucking up a bunch of things to Throat Goat. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, I it's, haven't seen It's that. very funny. Um, but yeah, I wonder how long she'll kind of keep that joke going. I wonder, like, who knows that she's in on the joke and who thinks that this is genuinely her music. It feels like it has the potential to pigeonhole her. Yeah. Sort of the same way that doing her Halloween EPs, which I think are some of her best music, kind of pigeonholed her as, like, Spooky Halloween girl. But I don't think they um, pigeonholed I, I think the her, thing with- actually. I think that no one has done that since, like, Michael Jackson's thriller. You know what I mean? No one's dropping Halloween sure. bops. You know what I mean? I, I just wonder... That, like, it's very singular. Yeah, I just wonder, like, where this is coming from. Like, is it actually the music she wants to be making? Or has she felt like she's hitting a wall in terms of what her like mainstream kind of pop offerings can do to advance her career so she's like doubling down on being a kind of niche gay pop yeah, star. Yeah, 2 minute bimbo bops. You know, the other pop girlies who are like in the Kim sphere, Charlie is making songs that I'm hearing on the radio. Mm. And, and like Caroline is getting all of this, you know, mainstream like, you know, kind of credible music attention and kim is like making tiktok songs yeah that said coconuts slaps love love that single and then of course you know there's still the 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 stink of dr luke wafting over it all yeah okay also jasmine sullivan released a deluxe version of hotels very good obviously hurt me so good i think is the standout from it and then also, do you ever listen to Ravina? No. Ravina is like she reminds me a little, a little bit of like Corrine Bailey Ray, maybe like really early Solange. Girl, like, are you putting your records on? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like these really feel good R and B inspired like positivity bops. They're kind of like self care bops, kind of. I think a lot of the songs are really wonderful as a as a total album. It just flows really nicely together. My favorite is Kathy Left Met Kathmandu, which I think is just a, such a fun song. The album ends with a 13 minute guided meditation which um I mean yeah I I, I, I won't be listening I, spoiler I, alert I don't know if it definitely tells us who she is as an artist but the rest of the album is 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 wonderful
Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews, were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's Dime Beauty beautyco.com code get dime for 20% off You know, Alanis was actually a hip-hop artist before Jagged Little Pill. No, she was not. She was. She was. And that's something to know about Alanis is that a part of what makes her not only one of the creators of one of the great rock albums of all time, but also 
a creator of one of the great gay albums of all time, is that kind of first and foremost, she did want to be famous. She was doing the grind. Mm. There's actually a lyric in her most recent album where she complains about how she's been working since she can remember, since she was single digits. Mm. Um, And so there was intention. There was an intention to be a star or someone of great significance or influence, rather. Well, that's something something that seems like it must have resonated for you because I think you do – everything you do with intention. I mean, listeners, if you don't know her, our guest Charlene Incarnate is an incredible Brooklyn-based performer. And as long as I have known you, I feel like everything you do is very intentional, like a declaration of your taste and point of view and identity. And so you're trying to draw parallels between Alanis and I I, already at the top of the show. I am. Yes. Because because I do want to know like what, what was your, when did you find Alanis? Well, so that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing is, is like, what angle do you approach this conversation from? Because like I said, it's a great, it was one of the great, undeniably one of the great rock American rock albums, but also, incidentally and curiously one of the great gay albums you know i saw when i saw alanis this summer at jones beach it really unfolded for me like how hard she actually rocks and how like i wasn't expecting her fan base to like be a lot of straight people i was expecting it to be dolls and at jones beach straight people what was the vibe there were girls like me i got to say they weren't like me like in a girl like me kind of way. <laughs> I just mean they were long-haired brunette women who dressed in a specific sort of boho way, wherein they kind of like fancied themselves an Alanis of sorts themselves. It was it was verging on cosplay, but there were all these like, you know, hot straight men that had like gotten the tickets for her their girl and like it was date city. And so, yeah, how was the experience of the concert? Honey, I mean, what can I say? Aside from she still got it. It's the 25-year – this past summer was 25 years of Jagged Little Pill. So she performed pretty much the whole album. Oh, my God. Incredible. Not not that she wouldn't anyway because something that I also learned (laughs) empathetically – empathically, rather, because (laughs) I was so high. And I took the cue from Alanis, actually, because in the most recent album, she has a song about doing acid. So I was like, whatever, she'll probably be on my level. And boy, was she ever, honey. <laughs> I, I, I was like empathically feeling not only like her energy performing in front of me, but also like her reconnecting to this music that she made 25 years ago. Mm. And like how it had like the journey it had taken her on and how she related to it nowadays what songs she connected to more, like really obviously, and which ones she was tired of was just like so apparent to me and like what she put into them. And I have a whole new favorite track list from the album now after seeing her perform. Really? It's like, it was all like she, her voice is still, she's got this really like iconic sort of yodeling thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally. That's still like perfectly intact. And she did this thing where between numbers, she would kind of like vocalize randomly in this like kind of operatic, ethereal, like um, yodely sort of way, definitely, I can I can, I can imagine it like a 
for I'm getting chills thinking about it. That's the those were the parts that made me cry oh. in the show. Yeah, it's because I was like, this is and and she's just so gracious. She's so like willing to accept her impact on the world. She realizes the magnitude of Jagged Little Pill. And she she's like, you know, like I, I look up to so many women who are creators who like become like resentful of the things that made them like take Adina Menzel, another gape. Like she's she resents so deeply having been Elphaba. Mm-hmm. And sort of like because she can't hit the note and anymore. Sort of her like Hard. relegation, girl. Hard. She was not hitting the note when she left the production on Broadway, girl. <laughs> no, she was not. She was not. And they and these assholes actually keep giving her these notes she can't hit too. Did you did you ever hear her hit the note in the Frozen song? No. Once. No. Why did they do that? She to her? must have gotten it exactly once, and they and they and she's lucky to have been in the studio. And they're like, all right, we got it. <sighs> and Good then, luck on the road, bitch. <laughs> and then they have her. They have at the Oscars like with all of the other Elsas from around the world who were all hitting the notes. <laughs> yes, they were. Well, that was uh, that was uh, Frozen 2, that yeah. Oscars, right? Or then they have like, um, remember the beginning of the pandemic, there was the video of all of the Elphabas doing Defying Gravity. Did you see that? And like, mm, Adina yeah. very calculatedly comes in at a, a lower stakes part of the end. Unlimited. <laughs> But then they, had, <laughs> then they had like 40 different girls go, oh, wow. And you're like, when you hear that so many times in a row, you're like, oh my Is God. Is Adina the, the Alanis of musical theater? No, I don't think so because of what I was just talking about, how she's no. she's she's not gracious like mm-hmm. Alanis is. There's a grace to Alanis that I think people, that a novice will often miss because she's so often characterized as full of wrath and anger. And a lot of that has to do with the track You Ought to Know from Jagged Little Pill yeah, yeah. and a few more others. There's You Ought to Know, which is personal grief and anger towards a person. And then there's Right Through You, which is a broader anger towards like men, yeah. I'd right. say. Because like, I do think that her fury feels like righteous and cosmic and biblical in a way yeah. that I yeah. think is the reason why You Ought to Know is so personal for so many people because it is so specific, yet it transcends her specific situation and becomes like universal rage. And I I get what you're saying about her being this like almost, this like spiritual figure almost. And, and, And that was established from the jump with these tracks like this. And, and it's like these tracks are running the full gamut. Jacket Little Pill is successful in providing a comprehensive spectrum of the experience of womanhood. And in these tracks, there is a comprehensive spectrum of all of the things that make her full of wrath. There's anger, there's immense grief in the track too, you know, and there's sadness and sorrow that is very hard for you to strike a balance with as a as like a musician, I guess. Also lyrically, that's something that Alanis is known for most in like in you know among like Rolling Stone or Pitchfork oh, yeah, circles absolutely. is her lyrics. I love the track right through you because it's like she's just like belittle. Like she says your shake is like a fish. And when I like again like the but not being ready when Jagged Little Pill came out, when I would hear my mom listen to Jagged Little Pill, I'd hear your shake is like a fish. And I thought it meant that like she like he makes gross milkshakes that taste like fish or something, you know. But she's just like belittling his manhood. Yeah. Like you're you're like, you know, like the the handshake is like the thing that the man is like proud of and yeah. like something that was like 
you know, beaten into me as a child too, is that I had to have a firm handshake, you know? And I just loved so much hearing like Alanis like shit all over that and just like be, be like, 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 you know, being me and woman, like a fierce woman is like so far preferable to like whatever is going on there. She really, yeah, she really cuts masculinity off at the knees. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that you can't argue with. It's like she, that album to me is the last word of a relationship, of an argument. I feel like there, I mean, something that I love about that lyric and I guess the ethos of the album in general is like how guys saying like, like firm handshake, son, like my dad would say that to me. That's like how men like culture each other. Yeah. And so for her to say is like such a subversion of that. And I think that like, I love what you said at the beginning about like how this is like in a legacy of like gay albums because like, you know, like Adam Lambert, like always referencing like, you know, Alanis or like Perfume Genius or like all these folks, that people that now have like a queer, like something that's explicitly queer or gay in like their albums come from this like thing that, Maybe is not explicitly gay, but has the wrath that um, we all identify with so quickly when you are, you know, a teen or when you're consuming this album. I feel like it is explicitly gay sometimes. Well, yeah, just because, tell me. No, just because it's like, just the legacy that it has is so gay. Like, there's there was a hype reel at the concert. I love a good hype reel. Yeah. My, uh, I think Alanis, this past tour, the Jagged Little Phil 25-year tour, might oust... Uh, Britney Spears's circus tour as my favorite hype reel before the diva comes on stage. You know, they're like showing you a montage of flashes of iconic images, shoots and clips that the person has like gone through. A self-made fan cam. And you realize watching the Alanis one that all of these zeitgeist moments that she's had kind of have arisen from the narrative that she was writing in Jagged Little Pill, specifically like her part in the movie Dogma, mm. where she plays God, essentially. Alan Rickman is, is, is the voice of God, because if God speaks, then havoc is wreaked. And so Alanis is silent the whole movie, because if she opens her mouth, then like people's heads explode, etc., and so, like, to talk about a spiritual image, like, Atlantis as God, who is capable of ripping, like, you know, making faggots' heads explode, right? Or not faggots, but, you know. And so that, like, wrathful thing was kind of, like, something that she was comfortable playing with. She was, like, acting the wrathful part also. And it's just funny because, like, Jagged Little Pill has so much more than that. And you can kind of see the story beginning of like the rest of Alanis's career in that there's tracks like perfect and Mary Jane, Mm. which are very somber. They actually were the most, the the tracks that she performed at the concert that I connected with the most. Mm. And the ones that I felt like she still has the best relationship to were Mm. these songs about like pain and and like the, 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 the horrors of womanhood basically. And Mary, this, Mary Jane is so sad. In the song it's Mary so Jane, there's this lyric where she goes, I hear you're losing weight again, Mary Jane. You ever wonder who you're losing it for? And when she sang that, um, the screens flashed like different bodies that Alanis has had. So there was like pregnant Alanis, oh 
like depressed Alanis who was like larger than she usually was like really real thin Alanis who was like obviously like supposedly succumbing to whatever pressure from being famous or whatever and you saw how many different sizes this person has been and you realize in that moment that she wrote that at the beginning of her career that she continued to like interplay with this Mm. as the career went on and she's like still feeling the things that she felt when she wrote Mary Jane performing it in 2021 Whereas, like, with Ironic, she's, like, tossing to the crowd. She'll toss the mic to the crowd be like, it's like, you know, you don't you don't hear her even say that part. I do want to know when, as you said, like, when Jagged Little Pill came out, maybe you were a little a little too young to really get it. But I have always, like, identified you with Alanis and with this album specifically. Maybe that's because... I know you so well. Maybe that's because, like, it's something that we've connected about. Um, but when did it really enter your life in a, like, substantial way? And when did you yeah. kind of, like, form some selfhood around it? You want to know the damnedest thing? It's weird. So weird you should ask that, Rose, because my first Alanis track was actually Thank You. Mm. That was the first time that I was like, and it's because... I saw that music video with her naked body and her tits covered by that fucking long, long ass hair. And I, that, that image was seared into my brain. And it's just so, um, I guess, uncanny the way that I have like <laughs> modeled my like professional life. And like stage career after that image. Well, to me, <laughs> you know? yeah, to me, it does feel like so much of your ego. Right. Yeah, you are the Alanis of drag. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I don't even know. I can drive home with this gas girl for sure. Um, <laughs> you were part I'd of a t- legacy. It's not. It's not that. unintentional. I guess. I mean, I've always like it appreciated her like as a style icon. Alanis kind of dresses like more of a pedestrian version of like natural born killers like Juliette Lewis, natural born killers, you know what I'm talking mm. about? Just like, there's like a level of Americana to it, but also like very like 70s kind of like hippie hair, yeah. lots of macrame and um, like flares. Alanis wears boot cut jeans, you know what <laughs> I mean? There's also um, like a Nancy Botwin vibe going on. <laughs> there's parallel, I think there's more parallels between Nancy Botwin or by extension, Mary Louise Parker and Alanis than someone like Adina and Alanis. Like if we're going for great brunettes, I would put Alanis and Mary Louise Parker together sooner. They have this enchantress quality about Mm -hmm. them. That's actually a Ryan Streit (laughs) descriptive word for (laughs) Mary Louise Parker. Enchantress. (laughs) The enchantress. Because uh, Mary Louise has this sort of like macabre cloud that follows her around. Mm -hmm. There's sort of this like dark figure they were behind her at all it's times. It's like Kate Bushy almost, kind of, like where there's like this ethereality or like powerful theater kid energy yeah. kind of like. Well, Alanis definitely do- is part of that lineage of like young songwriters who were like so precocious in putting out a work that it really encapsulates who they are as an artist very young in their career. Like mm. v- very much in the way that Kate Bush did mm. with Hounds of Love. And I think you even see it in people like Taylor Swift. Yeah, you do. Um, and honestly, like, Michelle Branch is a part of that. I feel like you know, Avril is, like, in the legacy of, like, you know, it's, like, a you know, a completely different version, but, like, obviously it comes from, like, an Alanis lineage. Well, Alanis really, um, I think for our generation, definitely created a mold that a lot of other artists tried to 
fit themselves into and very much like disrupted whatever was sort of the current pop star rock star role for women at the time yeah like who was popular at the time because i'm thinking- like liz fair Oh, yeah, Liz Fair, I guess, is Was not. popular at the time? Maybe not. Well, she was supposed to actually open for Alanis this past summer and dropped out of the tour for some shit. Couldn't knock the dick out of her mouth or whatever. Um, PJ Harvey yeah. is like a contemporary Sheryl Crow, but I think Sheryl Crow's maybe post Alanis. It's like a, it was a very male dominated, like Grateful Dead. Um, was like looping back on their careers. Like it feels like it was a very male. I mean, everything's a male dominated space, but it sounds like obviously like rock. Like, well, it's like it was jock jams was happening. So there's like a le- there's like you know, a, kind of like an uh, infiltration of like harder electronic technical music happening, right. and then also at the same time like. Uh, instrumentation and music is like really forlorn and slowed down i guess and um alanis is offering us a reprieve from that and also kind of like fitting into that mold at the same time with jagged little pill but i think that that a that a key difference is whereas so many artists like struggle to um break free of their mold like avril was someone you just um, mentioned i think a key difference is like alanis has had a very like truthful and authentic journey, even artistically, since that point. And people were more reluctant to let her, people still are reluctant to let her break free of You Ought to Know as a mood. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com code GETDIME for 20% off. Do you remember... I think this was when we were in high school. Um, the Jagged Little Pill acoustic re-release for the oh, 15th baby. anniversary. Uh, yeah, and it was at Starbucks. At Starbucks. Yes. Not specifically. at Starbucks. Yeah. No. It was a Starbucks exclusive. And it's it's really great to hear the reinterpretation of it's the It's on song. streamers, too. No way. Yeah. I'm going to go listen. And I remember like the big moment that we all talked about yeah. was dur- <laughs> during Ironic yeah. when she says, it's like meeting the man of your dreams and then meeting his beautiful husband <laughs> instead yeah, of Yeah, she wife. still does that. When yeah. She, yeah, she still does that. I mean, and she goes on the concert, she goes, so many times. She goes, meeting, it's meeting the man of my dreams, then meeting his beautiful husband so many times. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, fucking same, girl. That's why it's a little more explicitly queer than that. Uh-huh. It's just like, and in the hype reel, too, there's like Frankie Grande. She has Frankie Grande like interviewing her on some red carpet. What? And it's, it's just like this split second of Frankie Grande going, <laughs> your music Oh my god! <laughs> that she included in it. She was Frank, also... Frankie's PR probably emailed ahead of time. I was like, please consider this clip for your reel. And um, it's also, if you'll remember, Alanis was actually cast as one of the bisexual swingers that Carrie Bradshaw. Yes, she did. Was we taken to. For us to bring this up. Her adjacency to queerness is just like. Part of culture it, of the way yeah. that we think about her. and that is for those of, for those that don't remember probably my favorite ep- one of my favorite episodes of Sex and the City and also one of the most problematic easily episodes. like it was like literally just Carrie like coming out as like biphobic and that, like literally like she kisses Alanis she, there's like a moment where like it, it's it's the cinema of it is like is Carrie gonna feel something is she gonna be changed is is this like this like bro- it's like a big deal that she like schleps to Brooklyn or whatever is this like ecosystem of Brooklyn queer is gonna like open her mind up and she kind of like stands up and like literally walks out without saying she's anything like, to anyone bye and like the the narration overhead like as she's walking down the stairs is like of this like Brooklyn warehouse is like well I'm a homophobe and yeah. that it's just gonna be like that like I called me old fashioned or like whatever yeah yeah I guess it's just not for me 
So what was keep your crazy lifestyles, faggots? <laughs> There's actually yeah. we actually have a quote from her of her talking about the episode. No way. Um, she says. I kissed Sarah Jessica Parker. I played a lesbian in Sex in the City and I had to kiss her. I have experimented with same-sex relationships in my life, but it wasn't about enjoyment with Sarah Jessica. Her character was supposed to be reluctant about getting involved, so it wasn't a passionate kiss. It was a reticent one, which is why I didn't enjoy it. Also, I can't imagine that Sarah Jessica Parker has very good breath either. No. <laughs> Well, Carrie was a chain smoker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I also remember from that episode, like, one of the big things is, like, she's, like, finds out that the guy is bi, and she's all, like, well, like, who do you like having sex with more? Like, men or me? You know what I mean? And it's, like, it's, it's like, it's everything so, it's that's wrong. It's so biphobic. <laughs> but the guy is really hot, and He's Alanis so hot. looks Amazing. incredible, as she always does. And I think during the 90s, we think of her, like, that is... The, the crystallized image of her with the long brown hair. Mm, and yeah. Perfectly cast. It very much seems like she dressed herself for Sex in the City, too. Yeah. Or kind of that she kind of like, it. I, I always like figured that she kind of like rode herself into it. Or like, <laughs> it you know what like I mean? That. And oh. it was such an event at the time that it was her in it and that Alanis Morissette kissed Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, yeah. that was the headline. Yeah, that's what they wanted, honestly. You are a very prolific performer. Um, and I have seen you do several Alanis numbers. You, as we talked about before, did a show once called 10,000 Spoons. Um, what are some of your favorite Alanis numbers? I mean, maybe specifically from Jagged Little Pill to perform and why? Most recently, it's been All I Really Want, the first track on the album that has been my most favorite to perform, namely the moment where she says, why are you so petrified of silence? Here, can you handle this? I've gotten into the habit of uh, breaking that number down into two tracks and ending it at that moment and kind of waiting, <laughs> like... Frankenfurter and Tissa, <laughs> like, here, can you handle this? And like waiting and then giving the DJ the eye, like a wink mm. to start the next track <laughs> and going to, did you think about your bills, your eyes, your deadlines? <laughs> um, and that song has so much drama to it. So much of it does. You Ought to Know is the one that makes me the most money. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm sure it's the same case for Alanis. Yeah, for sure. Um, aside from that, I perform Not the Doctor. It's the one that lyrically I can connect to what some some of the most. You know, the trope of like, what is the track's relationship to womanhood? I'd say Not the Doctor is like exhaustion. And so um, as, another, as another brunette diva who's over it all the time, I love Not the Doctor to perform it. All I really want, I've done Right Through You too. But I don't know, man. I struggle with audiences and and mid tempo rock numbers. You mm. know, mm. that's why these other tracks in the in Jagged Little Pill, like Perfect and Mary Jane, just don't make great drag numbers. Mm. But it's you know, but like they three, do make great. three out of however is not bad. <laughs> yeah, they them. make great songs to listen to when you're really stoned mm -hmm. at home or like on a road trip. Alanis is amazing mm -hmm. driving music. Um, I mean, I always think of the, mm. the ironic video with the four different versions of her in the car. Um, did you notice that Casey Musgraves gave a little shout out to the ironic video in her most recent project? I oh, did, wait, yeah. What was it? There's a, there's a scene, I think it's Justified, right? 
the, the track on the Casey album is Justified, mm. where she's like in a car, like driving mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, yeah. Which is so Alanis and yeah. so me. <laughs> I just mean that Casey is in different seats in in the different four corners of the car in different outfits, the way that Alanis is mm. in the ironic video. Also, one of the most iconic beanies of all time, aside from Elphaba's, to bring it all back. <laughs> so many brunettes, so many in the legacy. So many brunettes, so few beanies. <laughs> Oh, I, I, um, before we hopped on the mic, I found out that you, like me, used to be a Jesus freak. Mm -hmm. And I love that you found thank you while you were in the church. Question mark. You said that? Oh, yeah, definitely. What was that? Was there a dichotomy there? Like, when you, like, got into Atlantis, were you kind of like, this is like anti-Christian or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I fancied myself sort of a boheme type of figure when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I kind of had one foot out of the church the entire, you know, going back to like, you know, queerness and trauma. Yeah. The church for me was more than just a familial implementation. It was also eventually a hiding place for me. Mm-hmm. So there was a point at which there was this sort of tongue-in-cheek thing for me personally of like, I'm biding my time until I am, you know, I mean, I would, I, I kind of like fancied a broader spectrum mm-hmm. The whole time. I same. always I was like knew I would move to New York, for instance. Yeah. So it was the same. same me who like got into Atlantis that was like leaving this place Your one dip day. Into the secular yeah, world. Yeah, 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 so to speak. But um, you know, for as pious as my family was, I was I did have access mm. um to um, what could be given to me by media. Uh, uh, the internet is what got my parents. Mm. That was where the line in the sand was drawn, honey. They could not deal with that. Yeah, no, it's something they couldn't. Even the, I had parental controls, but like mm. I would never, I was never really allowed to use the internet. But, and I had unfettered access. You were. But I, you know what? I do, <laughs> I do have um, a, a, gate, a gatekeeping story tied to Alanis. Though, Love a gatekeeping story. Which is that I, as I said, Jagged Little Pill was the first CD I ever bought. I was obsessed with it. I think a lot of it was going over my head, mm. and I yeah. just like like I just liked the music. Um, but my mom was also obsessed with it, and I imagine that being a young mother, my mom at this point would have been in her early thirties, who like a young mother who'd gotten married really early. Like I'm sure she was really feeling Jagged Little Pill, right? And she went to go see Alanis in concert, and I begged and begged and begged for her to take me. And she said, no, this is my night out. And I have a very vivid memory of her leaving to go to the concert and me standing at the window upstairs, like banging and crying so (laughs) sad and resentful. And now I can look back on that and be like, she needed her fucking night out so she could go scream along to You Oughta Know or like whatever song really like connected for her and leave me her like annoying kid at home. But I was so pissed for years <laughs> after that. Mm. Still am a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough burn, girl. But you know what? <laughs> I'm glad you, she, I'm glad so you had that night. But that's like the beautiful thing about like the wrath of the album is that it can like you get a mom like a mom with kids can connect to the wrath in a completely different way that the eight year old or the 12 year old who listens to it doesn't understand the lyrics but connects to it. Yeah. Again. Like Michelle Branch was that person for me. And I remember listening to Hotel Paper and like, are you happy now? And being like, 
yeah, I'm so fucking angry, fuck my parents. But like, I didn't really actually understand what the song was. And then you listen to it retrospectively and it's a completely different experience. What is, Are You Happy Now? Are, are You Happy Now? No, I know the song. What um, is that actually about? Would you look me in the eye? It's a, it's a scorned lover. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorned, okay. exactly. It's an ex-scorned lover being like, do you, is this actually what you want in our relationship kind of thing? Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews, were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. 
out. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. Have you engaged with the Jagged Little Pill musical at all? Uh, um, I haven't. I've seen, um, I've seen snippets. <laughs> there were a few seconds in the hype reel from the tour, okay. and I think that was about enough for me. Um, <laughs> I understand that the main character is non-binary. And I really appreciate that the NBs get this W in this way yeah. um, to be the main character in the Alanis musical. But I don't do jukebox musicals pretty much as a rule. Mm. Not even um, Mamma Mia. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the the exceptions can be made, girl. I mean, I'm, I'm reasonable. I love I'm Mama reason- Mia. <laughs> I'm reasonable. Um. <sighs> But, you know, like, I mean, the, the catalog speaks for itself. I don't know about Jagged Little Pill. And see, this is going back to what I said about the drag show thing. Mm. Is like, I'm not sure that that music makes entertaining theater in that way. I picture it being like, you know, basically like fun home, except the music is Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> it's literally that. But like, uh, but you're so right. Jukebox musicals do like historically suck. Like, I don't know why Moulin Rouge won so many things this year, but like, I saw girl, like one when clip. I girl, I saw it. It was girl, I had a good time. No, Rose, you are, you are so fucking this. wrong for that. <laughs> That's wrong. No, what did you think? The the genius in Moulin Rouge is the movie. Yeah, it's the Baz Luhrmann fantasy of it all. Yeah. Not to mention the Nicole Kidman aspect. Absolutely, yeah. which like obviously you're not going to duplicate that on stage. But the issue with Moulin Rouge the musical, or at least my issue with it taking home best musical, I mean, come on, talk about pandemic times. (laughs) Things really that bad for Broadway? I mean, they had, that was one of the first musicals I've been to that had a canned soundtrack. Yeah. They hit play on a CD. Mm, mm, mm. And sung along to it. And that's winning best musical? Forget the fact that it was... Uh, musical filled with so the the concept with the movie of Moulin Rouge is that it's filled with mashups and recontextualizations of popular music from the previous 10 20 years at the time so the updated Broadway version of the musical includes some of those numbers and also is updated to include your favorites from the past 10 to 20 years of the current day, so including like- Bad Romance. No. That fucking song like, cut up and dance with me, is in the musical of Moulin Rouge, the Tony-winning musical of Moulin Rouge, if you can believe that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I had a good time. Honey, sure this is have. this was blocks away from Hello, Dolly! with Bette Midler. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't didn't pay to see it. Oh, that's important. I wouldn't... No, I just mean, like, if we're placing it in the Pantheon... Sure. I I get it. I don't love a jukebox musical either. You don't feel precious about the form, though. No. Right. No, not at all. If I'm entertained, I'm entertained. Um, I usually like 
a musical that's a little bit more of a blockbuster. I'm going to see right. Phantom of the Opera right. tomorrow night, and it is my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your religious upbringing. Yeah. That's that Jewish girl coming to New York City uh-huh. and seeing, that's why, so Rant and Wicked, we're yep. featuring heavily. Right? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Rent, not really for me. I never super connected with it. But Wicked, for sure, for my 16th birthday, we came into New York. I saw Norbert Leo Butts and Kristen Chenoweth's last performance. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wicked, you saw? Wicked, yeah. You know my Wicked story. What is it? Tell it's, it again. It's my great curse in life, actually. <laughs> Wait. It's the day I was cursed. Okay. So this is the day Charlene was cursed. In terms of me being a theater consumer, yes. Um, so it is January 2005. Adina Menzel has announced that she's leaving Wicked. She's been doing it for three years. Yeah. I am surprised by my family, who would eventually be shocked that I was a faggot, with tickets to Adina's last performance on Broadway in Wicked. This is basically your golden ticket Charlie Bucket scenario for me as a kid, right? This is pretty much the penultimate like thing that I could have desired to experience at that time, right? You know, it's a whole like going all the way to New York just to see Wicked situation, you know, seething jealousy from my siblings, etc., we arrive in New York, we like check into the hotel in Midtown, et cetera. We're like having a light meal. I can't eat a thing beforehand. I'm about to, you know, I have a date with destiny, baby, you know? <laughs> and suffice to say, we show up to the theater and we see the placard at this performance. The role of Elphaba will be played by Shoshana Bean, who was in Dina's standby at the time. Meaning that Adina was going to miss her last show in Wicked. Of course, we learned um, as a gay community in, in our youth later that evening that she had, in fact, during the matinee performance of her last day at Wicked, fallen through the trap door at the very end of Wicked. Elphaba, like, melts through a trap door right, right, right. in the stage, and the platform that she stepped onto was not there. The very last day she was in Wicked, she fell through the hole in the stage and cracked a rib and was hospitalized. Oh oh my God, I had no idea. Yes. And I have... The, to, to bring it all back to me, honey, I was, I of course fell to my knees and wept when that happened, right? Of course. Um, and I was like, you know, when Shoshana Bean ran on stage to sing The Wizard and I, I crossed my arms and frowned. And my dad was like, you know, this is just a lesson in learning to be happy with what you get in life, you know? Things aren't always going to go your way, son. <laughs> <laughs> did it, did it? I'm just <laughs> beside I'm beside myself I'm like I remember I was like uh, trying to weigh pros and cons of like staying versus leaving you know I was like I was like if I leave I don't it's not like I get to see Adina again someday you know I might as well stay and like trick myself into thinking that I just like you know missed the boat so since then most of the time that I go to Broadway the leading lady calls out of the show. Laura Benanti did it when I went to see My Fair Lady as recently as 2019. No. Yes. I am cursed 
to miss the bitch singing the songs. That is devastating. Definitely a curse. I also think that, like, that's why for me, I don't get hung up on the individual performer. I'm there for the show, but I understand. Ugh, girl. It's horrible. Also, didn't Adina show up for the curtain call for that performance in, like, a, a red tracksuit? It was a red Adidas tracksuit. Yes. With her rib broken? With a rib broken, <laughs> fractured, bruised. They I were like, if you want to get paid for this, you better walk out there and say <laughs> your goodbyes. Uh, another instance is Patti Lapone calling out of Sweeney Todd when I went to see it in 2006. Honey, girl, trust. I went back. Because I saw that again. <laughs> I, I went back, girl. I saw that production twice yeah. where wow. she played the tuba. One of I th- maybe the best theatrical performance I've ever been to. She played that the Sweeney Todd. Yeah, it was a pro- it was a production of Sweeney Todd where all of the actors were also the orchestra. That's crazy. It was the first uh, production of that kind. There was like a a little like Sondheim revival moment at the time, and it was the actors, the players were the orchestra, and they actually did company with the same concept the next year, uh-huh. and that is recorded on PBS, if you want to catch that. Mm -hmm. But of course, the Sweeney Todd is, you can only see at um, Lincoln Center. The the definitive one. Yeah. I just learned also that the production of A Little Night Music with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Angela Lansbury, the recording that's at the public library, for those of you who don't know, if you uh, missed a Broadway show or you want to see the original Broadway cast of any given show, you can see that. They're all taped. And they're at the Lincoln Center Juilliard Library. Oh no way! Yes, so you can't like take you. You have to like stay there. It's basically like for academic purposes or whatever. But or like you know, gay nerds. <laughs> um, so I just learned that the production of a little night music with Catherine Zeta Jones they recorded on a night where the standby was for Catherine Zeta Jones no! was performing. The curse so, strikes the cur- again. No, literally, I was like, oh, at least I get to go see that. <laughs> and you uh, went to the Juilliard Library. Did you collapse on the floor again? <laughs> and we. It's just the curse. And I just, I can accept it. I'm blessed in many ways. I have many blessings, but I have a few curses too. And that's one of them. And so I just know, I know, t- I know now to reset my expectations. So like, for instance, I was delighted with surprise when Bette Midler showed up for Hello, Dolly. Incredible. Or when Patty showed up both or all three times that I saw Gypsy. <laughs> right. And you must have been delighted when Alanis showed up at her own concert. <laughs> Girl, I had my fears. I was, I was sad that Liz Fair called out. They replaced her with cat power. So I had extra that's, time. Oh, that's a pretty good, sub. A good match. joints yeah. before I'll say that. <laughs> I don't feature cat power, really. But I'm glad they did it. And see, they had a, they had a garbage opening for Atlanta. That's also. right. Oh. Oh, I really wanted to see them both together. Contemporaries, would Manson. you say? Oh, Absolutely. Sure. So the, the difference between the two in 2021 was palpable, to say the least. There was this sort of nostalgic and pastime quality to Shirley Manson's performing. There was this undeniable, like, has been quality to it, you know? And she was still doing it. She was hitting Mm -hmm. the notes and singing the songs. She had this whole diatribe before she sang Cherry Lips about how she never takes requests because requests don't acknowledge the fact that the artist has put something together for you to see and we decide as artists and everyone's screaming and she's like, but I'm going to take this one request because this bitch in the front row asked for it. And you, <laughs> see, and you see this girl who's like basically in a bikini like, Cherry fucking lips. <laughs> Do you take requests when you're performing? 
Um, I, I take suggestions. I'll say that. The thing about people suggesting dra- or requesting drag numbers is that people are usually projecting with their suggestions of drag shows. Usually someone will suggest a number to me that they very much want to perform in drag themselves. Yeah. You yeah. know? I'm like, why don't you do that track? They'll send me tracks that I've never even heard and be like, I see you performing this. Mm. Like, I see you performing this, boo, because I don't know that song. <laughs> well, I have a suggestion. Let's just, hear it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, has anyone ever suggested Alanis? Um, there were there was a large contingency of voices trying to get me to do Alanis at this year's Bushwig because of the reinvigorated spirit that I had rev- in involving her because of seeing the concert so high on psychedelics. There was this moment at the end of the concert too, where Alanis's kids ran on stage oh. and shot confetti cannons into oh. the crowd. And that's the point at which I just completely lost it because it was just like such a resolution. It was such a resolution to all of the struggle that she was like singing about on stage beforehand. And like, she's like, I have a rad life. I'm like touring with my family, this music that made me a shit ton of money and like gave me this really interesting life. But I I love that though, that like, that's to me is like, that image of, like, the kids shooting the confetti cannons is, like, a a beautiful way to, like, round out, like, where it all started and, like, a place of grief and wrath and all the different versions of, like, you know, the scorned woman or the woman, like, uh, womanhood and, like, the plights of that. But, like, that's beautiful. And, like, yeah, I can understand why. I'm emotional just you describing it. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. ever want anyone to shoot a confetti cannon at me, but that's just me. I was like far enough back, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like being at BQ where you're like picking it out of your mouth. Because uh, that is one of the one of the rules, I think, at like a concert or a drag show, one of the things that you shouldn't be doing. Did you tweet about this recently? Those are like rules. Yeah, but, rules for like newbie queens not to do at shows. No I'm really shows. I'm actually proud of us because we've started implementing this into the culture. Yeah. We're moving past messes as a drag community as a whole. It's important. Um, it's important because there's a few reasons. And, and what I'm saying is like drag shows that result in something that has to be cleaned up. That's what I mean by messes is like cleaned up by someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and so for forever and ever, we were doing this thing where if you're making a mess, you lay down a tarp, which was enough incentive not to do it for me. Because when yeah. you see the tarp being drug out stage, just like, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Someone's boy wolf's going to come out and pour milk all it's over. It's either going to be blood or milk blood or, or milk. food or something, you know, every time. Yeah. Or a Coke. You know, or sunscreen. flour in a gigantic I, I'm guilty of it. I Lube. did it back in the day. <laughs> sunscreen. Watermelon, too. Watermelon and sunscreen, yeah. <laughs> so the point, the thing is, <laughs> and also let's not forget the uh, real pig heart. Oh, yeah. Rose, you, d- you describe all of these to me right now, and then we will end the sh- I need to know. Just okay. Well, back in the olden days when I, like, dabbled in performance art, I at Bushwig one year, I did a performance of Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato, um, in which I slathered myself in sunscreen and then poured the sunscreen on a watermelon and ate it. That was actually not a huge mess. No, it was, and pretty, it was a it carpeted was pretty, stage It was pretty year. contained. Carpeted? Um, it was a carpeted stage Wait, why? Year. Who did that? 
the, the venue, <laughs> uh, Underdunk House. And then um, I used to throw this party called Psychic. Um, and for Psychic Snow one year, part of the like ritual that we did every uh, party, I bit into a cow heart. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very There Brooklyn. was also a psychic where we stuffed me into a suitcase that I couldn't fit into. <laughs> yeah, full of and dirt. Filled me with filled it with dirt. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'm so glad we as a community have moved past that. We yeah. graduated. We have, we have because the, it makes it it makes it perilous for the drag queen after you. Yeah. And it's inconsiderate because the bar staff or the club staff has to clean it up. And also the the chief reason for you not to make a mess as a drag queen on stage is it's been done before. Yeah. It doesn't look cool. And there's not really much that can be done with that medium anymore. Mm-hmm. Like people you, you like when drag queens like bleed everywhere or like they spill something everywhere, it's almost like the the scream that results is like a belabored scream. It's almost like an obligatory like woo. <laughs> <laughs> she did oh, it. Oh no, wait, that's so real. So yes, drag babies, um cut it out. Rely on your goddess-given stage presence. You heard it from... And Alanis Morissette's music. (laughs) And you can't go wrong. We'll be back next week with a discussion on Obsessed, starring Beyonce, and the archetype of the femme fatale, if you will. I am actually so excited to talk to you about that, Rose. And it is your first time watching it. You can tell us what to talk about next, whether it's a show, a book, a cultural phenomenon. We want to hear it from you. You can call to confess at 323-PENANCE. That's 323-736-2623. I'm your co-host, Fran Torado, and you can find me at Fran Squishco wherever you want on social. And I'm Rose Domu. You can also find me wherever you want at Rose Domu. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen and leave us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Cranchich, and Nikki Etor. Until next week, see you later, virgins. Au revoir. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. 
Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.